Hey, what's up, everybody? I am John Ricard. This is Camera Work Podcast. I haven't done this in quite a while, and there's usually two reasons why I don't do the podcast. One is because I can't think of a topic to talk about, and if I don't have anything to say, then I figure, what's the point of doing a podcast? I don't want to just do it weekly, and then there's no point. And then the second thing is, is I think sometimes my workflow in the podcast is so complicated that it's prohibitive of me actually doing the podcast. Usually I use a really nice microphone and it goes into this Tascam recorder and I've got to download the sound file and it's just a, and I film it on the Blackmagic camera and it's just a really complicated workflow. So I was thinking maybe if I change how I record the audio and the video, maybe I can do the podcast more often because it'll be a less time consuming process. So what I'm using now is the iPhone for video and then I said, you know, I'm going to just do it in the middle of a shoot and I just thought it'd be kind of cool. So in the back we have Zoe back here getting her um, makeup done beautifully and Cassandra is there doing her magic as well. So I thought that'd be kind of cool. Instead of you watching me, you can glance at them and see something a little more interesting than me. But for the sound, I'm trying out for the first time something called the Instamic. This is something I backed on, I don't think it's Kickstarter, I think it's called Indiegogo or something like that. It's the first time I've ever done that. And as a general rule, I don't like Kickstarter. I'm really kind of against the principle, the idea of it. I think if it's true and real, meaning if it's really a case of somebody has an idea for a product and they need to fund it and they go to Kickstarter, I think that's cool. But the idea that you get these companies like Lomoography that have stores and they can do market research and they know exactly what they can sell and what's not going to sell and then they launch a product on a Kickstarter and they're forcing me to buy this product at a good rate without seeing it. And then if I want that product when it's actually re existing, when it's actually in a store, now I have to pay more money because I wasn't willing to buy it without seeing it. I just think it's kind of crappy and I don't think that's really what, um, what Kickstarter should be about. It should not be big companies using that as a way of just getting attention for their products. So I find that annoying. But I had seen this product called Instamic and it was this really tiny mic. If you're watching the video version of this podcast, I'm wearing two of them right now. Just wanted to make certain, like I'm recording and stuff, I figured let me record it on two of them. But it's a really small mic that you can use to uh, record audio, and it gives you good quality sound. But it's a kind of odd product. It feels first generation for sure. There's one button and three lights. And you're using one button to start recording, stop recording, check the audio level, turn the product on, and turn the product off. That's quite a few features for one button, especially when the feedback is only three, three lights. Now you can also go into the app on the phone and then you can control it a lot better. You have a much better idea of what you're doing. But it's a little tricky if you're using it in what they call the standalone mode where you're not, um, you know, you're not looking at the app. But when I first got it, I was like really annoyed at the product because I couldn't figure it out. And I emailed the, the company, which when you email, you actually get the guy who made the product. And at one point I said, you know, this product is a nightmare in my typical ranting style. And the guy emailed me back something like, he's like, yeah, I grew up in Serbia and I had bombs dropping on my house all through my childhood. That's a nightmare. Like, this is a microphone. So I thought that was kind of funny. He was like, really kind of putting me in check and he was right. So I, I really tried to work with the guy and I would email him and I would send him videos of like, hey, this is the problem I'm having, this is my confusion, and he would email me back and say like, hey, I'm sorry you're having problems, you know, try this or let me explain it to you. So I think because of the customer support, I really give the mic high marks, and if the audio quality is great, 
And um, he even said, yeah, on the second generation, we might change this, we might change that. So I think they definitely have the right heart about what they're doing and they're really trying to do it right. So hopefully if this mic works for the podcast, I can do the podcast more often because it's a much easier workflow to just take this Instamic out of my pocket and put it on rather than have to use this like separate microphone with the Tascam and on and on and on, okay? But the real topic I want to talk about was Instagram. The way Instagram just keeps changing. And it's weird to me because Instagram keeps changing and every time they change Instagram, I sort of like Instagram less and less. And it's not because I'm adverse to change. It has nothing to do with that. I'm fine with change. We went from film to digital, I was good, you know? Go from an iPhone 5 to a 6, I'm good. But it's just the changes to Instagram are always things that I think don't, I don't know, they don't benefit the way I like to shoot. And I think the first version of Instagram was really cool. You were supposed to use your phone, you were supposed to document your day. I think that was a really cool thing. It wasn't about the quality of the photography, it was about the story. Then it started to shift. A few people started to slip in DSLR photographs in their, eyes, in their Instagram feed. And initially, that was a bad thing. I don't know if people remember that. Like, people be commenting or talking, you know, behind your back, like, yeah, he's not even shooting with his iPhone, because the whole point was it was supposed to be phone pictures. So people would start tagging, like, not iPhone, or you were supposed to tag, like, Canon 5D. So people understood that you weren't trying to be deceptive and pass off real photos as if they were phone photos. Mind you, my main camera is a Leica at that time, M9, now it's an M10. And, like, my phone is almost a better camera than my real camera, so I'm like... I, I, it's more impressive if I could take this picture with my Leica, frankly, than with my phone. I find the phone is really easy to shoot with. But in any event, Instagram changed to the point where everybody started shooting with a DSLR. Like, everybody started really going out of their way to produce a quality photograph on Instagram. Not just a storytelling picture, but a great photograph. And you started seeing, like, stylists hiring photographers to create good quality imagery. And then the next evolution became video, which for me, I don't really enjoy the process of shooting video because for me to do it right is a lot of work. You have to get the audio right, you have to do some editing. You can't just snap an instant photo. So for me, when Instagram added video, it wasn't something that I really enjoyed. It was something that I did on my feed occasionally, but not something that I wanted to do. And then the next evolution became stories. And my initial reaction to the stories was like, this is the stupidest thing ever. I'm supposed to create content that just magically disappears in 24 hours. Why would I want to do this? Like, it's like going up to Michael Jackson one day and saying, yeah, man, I love that song Thriller that you did. Can I get a copy of it? And he goes, no, nah, no, nah, I erased it. And you're like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, 24 hours after I recorded it, yeah, I just hit delete. It's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. So it didn't really make sense to me, but I started to understand it better. I started to think of it as like, we create so much content now that I guess it is all disposable. Like, who cares what you created when you're creating that story every single day? And the interesting thing is, if you think about it, the story has now become what Instagram used to be. The story is the place where you can now tell your daily diary and you don't have to have a high quality there. There's only a handful of people trying to put quality videos or quality imagery in their story. The story is really about the story, not about the quality of the images. And so what some people are doing on Instagram now is, like I've got about 3,000 pictures on Instagram, but today you could have 100 pictures on your Instagram feed because the heart of Instagram is really becoming the story. That's where people are getting the daily update on what you're doing 
And then if they kind of want a more comprehensive overview of you, they can go and click your profile. And in that case, most people are not scrolling back. If you think about it, all they really need to see is about 100 pictures. So you could just have 100 shots on your profile page and it would serve the purpose of what the profile is. You don't need the 3,000 pictures because what are the odds someone's going to scroll back 2,000 pictures to see this great photograph you have two years ago. So if you think about it, there's not much sense in having it. Now that said, I don't really do it. I don't do the story and I still have 3,000 pictures in my profile, on my profile, so I'm not really following it. But if I were giving someone advice, I would say possibly focus on a story as a daily diary. You don't have to worry about the quality, worry about the, the story itself, and then use the portfolio page to just put somewhere between 30 and 100 great photographs that represent the brand or yourself or your photography or what you look like, and you'll be good with Instagram. But anyway, so I think that's where Instagram stands. And it's like every time you get a handle on Instagram, they change it again. So here's the latest change, two changes. One, for me at least, I started seeing all these what they call like aggregator accounts. This is like, let's say you, like this would be an account that just finds all these pictures of say bikini girls on Instagram. And then they just put them on their feed as if they're doing you a favor because they've tagged you that it's your bikini picture and it's on their feed. And I think it really sucks because it takes away from the photographer. Like if I'm a photographer, 90%, let's say I shoot bikini girls, and 90% of my content is going to be bikini girls, there will still be that 10% that's about my family, letting you know who I am, or like I broke my leg, or I'm going to London, or whatever part of my life that I want to share with my audience. You don't want to just strip me down to just the photograph. And you know, I do a lot of like Brazilian jiu-jitsu photographs and I've had those, like, there's a lot of those aggregator accounts there too where they're just taking everybody's jiu-jitsu pictures and putting them on their account as if they're doing you a favor. But again, I'll post pictures of jiu-jitsu athletes that are sort of famous that I think you want to see, but I'm also posting pictures of me and my daughter training. And that picture of me and my daughter, that's kind of letting you know who I am. That's what's important to me. I don't want you to just strip out the jiu-jitsu picture and not know who did it. So I thought the aggregator accounts were just, and it's, I don't know, it's kind of like a lazy way for these guys to do an account. Like instead of them going out there to shoot, they're just gonna check Instagram and find all the good pictures and put it on their account and then pretend they're doing a favor to the picture who took, to the person who took those pictures entirely. To me, it's crazy. And then here's the really crazy part. So then after this, the idea of all these people coming up with the aggregator accounts, then Instagram says, well, we're gonna let you follow hashtags. And if you think about it, it's the same as the aggregator account because now, again, you're stripping my account of all the pictures that I tagged Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or beauty or if it were bikini girls or whatever the case may be. And people are now able to just follow that content without getting your life story, without seeing the picture of you and your daughter. So now you don't matter. It's just a picture. And I think it's kind of a, a bad thing, especially considering Instagram, in my view, started off as this daily diary of my life, and now you want people to just follow my beauty pictures and have no idea of who I am. And If you think anybody's going to follow you after they see your beauty picture in your feed, their feed, if they're, following the, if they're following the beauty hashtag, if you think those people are going to go and follow you, you're out of your mind. Why would they bother? Your pictures are showing up under the hashtag beauty. Why do I need to follow you? I'm already seeing your content. 
So um, I think it's kind of messed up, especially considering anybody can hashtag anything. And anything you look for on Instagram, you could search the hashtag tank top and 30% of it you're going to go, why is this hashtag tank top? She's not wearing a tank top. It makes no sense. So I don't get it, but that's just uh, my take on the current Instagram. But I try to stay current with it and I try not to fight Instagram. I try to go with it as best I can. So in my mind, mentally, I've been trying to push myself to do the Instagram stories, but boy, I, I can't seem to get into it. I'm trying. I don't know. All right. Anyway, that's some thoughts on Instagram. Um, thank you, ladies, for all putting up with that big rant on Instagram or whatever. Okay. Uh, check my Instagram and you'll see pictures of all the lovely ladies you see behind you. All right. And um, I don't know. I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.